Talk mini pod for a Wednesday night, October the 6th, 2021, and I'm your host, Donald Wayne. And that is California Dreaming by, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> somebody Lunas Brand and Basamage. I'm not even sure if I should even say that word. <laughs> but thanks for tuning in for this episode of. Trice Talk Mini Pod. Yeah, I kind of like this version. You know, I love the Mamas and Papas, and I did. I I may have done this a couple of weeks ago on a Mini Pod. Uh, played with two or three different versions of California Dreaming because I had a story about California that night. And like I said, I love the Mamas and Papas, but this this thing here, I mean, it's it's kind of get you moving. So um, it's quickly becoming one of my favorite i'll probably use it again it cuts off rather abruptly so i'll i'll uh, put that aside anyway uh so we're moving right along with the month of october i mean here we are it's uh the seventh i know that doesn't sound so far into the month but hey it won't be long. It'll be October the 31st. Whoops. I think that was Michael Jackson going to sneak in there in a second. And we're not going to do any more of that music until uh, Halloween. But yeah, we're, we're moving right along. So I'm going to do that with the show tonight. I'm actually going to try to do the shortest, well, the second shortest version of Minipod that I've done probably since I started doing mini pods, uh, earlier in the year, I think I had a 15 minute one, you know, a week, uh, maybe last week, but, um, I've just got a few things I want to share with you tonight. Not going to have a special show tomorrow night, which I'll talk about towards the end of this show. So I'm, I'm trying to save a lot of my energy and, uh, stuff for that particular show. Uh, the Thursday night show. And um, so I'm going to make this brief. I have a, a few things I want to share just just because I want to share, right? You know, that's kind of the way it works when you have a show. Um, Dennis and Dennis, Dennis and me, I can't even say it. <laughs> Dennis Lee and I, we share things that, that are important to us or that we enjoy. And we think, we hope that 
those listening to the show, to the episodes, will uh, enjoy them as well. So um, I have a great tweet that I saw today. And I know I'm kind of getting into this tweet thing, and I'm sharing these uh, audios from these tweets that I see on Twitter. Uh, And it may be some of you have seen some of them, and maybe you haven't seen any of them. But um, I like to share these just because um, it's it kind of gives you the mood. And now if you're on Twitter a lot, you know what the mood is in the country, uh, regardless of which side of the fence you're on. But I just, I like to play them because I think it's, some of them are very um, important. they are statements on our society right now and where we're at. And uh, of course, you know, we have lots of opinions and lots of points, but um, this is one that I, I enjoy it because it's, well, it's a young boy, maybe nine, 10 years old. And um, I think the text above the, above the tweet says something like, um, you know, he, he had been bullied at school for wearing Fila tennis shoes. Now, I, I don't know why that's a, a, a reason to bully somebody at school, but uh, I guess it depends on what school he goes to. I mean, I guess it's hard to get to understand this generation. Although when uh, my kids were going to school, I had two boys. When they were going to school, um, that wasn't such a big thing. Well, I actually had three boys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep, because the old one is, is so old anyway, but it wasn't an issue back then brand names, but it was creeping into the, uh, attitude of society back, especially when one of the, the last two, um, was going to school brand names were important. So this kid is making a statement about being bullied for wearing his Fila tennis shoes at school. It's short, uh, and it looks like he may be riding in the car with one of his parents. It may be his mom. Not quite sure. Uh, let me see if I can switch over to that. It's always so much fun trying to do this when you don't have any anything to distract. Oh, I, I, I found this funny tweet today uh, about Sam Kinison. I don't know if y'all saw that. It's, it's, it's funny, but it's only, uh, 45 seconds, 50 seconds long, something like that, but I can't share it because Sam Kinison had a tendency to get a little foul at times. So, um, I'm going to have to shy away from that one. Oh, here he is. All right. Let me share this with you get that turned up. It's like I said, it's very short, but listen to him because I think if a lot of adults had that attitude, we might not be in such bad shape like we're in today. Now watch it not start at the beginning. Like it never no does. I, never does. Teasing me because I have- <laughs> Jeez. It goes right into it. Doesn't even give me a, an intro. All right. Here's this kid. 
kid teasing me because I have felines on. Now, mind you, I am not a material person. I just wear felines because, you know, I like the color and I think they're cool. They might, they, not, they might not be what's popular today, but, you know, that's what I like. So, you know, I told the kid, it's not about what I have on my feet. It's about what I have inside my head. No matter what I'm wearing, no matter what I have on, it's about my information, the knowledgeable things in life. These sneakers are not even going to fit you in 20 years from now. So it's about what you have in your I love that last line there. These shoes are not even going to fit me in 20 years. So, you know, basically what the hell good is that? That's, that's these things, these brand names that, that our society has kind of gotten locked into. And I'm not going to say that I've never worn anything that wasn't a brand name. I, I was never big on polo shirts or uh, Izod or anything like that, but I did have a sprinkling of them here and there throughout my adult life. But this thing about these brand names, these these kids will want to spend, you know, over a hundred dollars in many cases for a pair of tennis shoes that really don't look better than anybody else's, but you know, you know, they're, they're either autographed by, or they're promoted by, um, certain, uh, sports figures or so forth. And it just, it's, it's, and it's okay if you want to wear that. And if you have the money to do that, but this kid is grounded and I hope he stays grounded. I hope to hell that they don't ruin him as he goes higher up in, in the grades in school. And he becomes materialistic. He's concerned about what's in his head. And the only thing he could have added that would have been nice would if he had said in his heart. Those are the two most important things that a human being can have. What's in their head and what's in their heart. This other crap, like he said, it's not going to fit him in 20 years. Or they wouldn't, they'll be worn out in probably less than a year. Uh, I typically go through shoes, even at my age. Um, well, I might get two years out of them, but I certainly didn't when I was much younger. So I, I like that short, but it's a message to adults, you know, stop putting so much importance on things in your life and place it on what's in your head and what's in your heart. All right. That's the, um, Oh yeah. The, the person who posted that tweet, uh, they said, uh, the caption was pay attention to the logic and reasoning in this kid's words as truth of fic as truth of, Hmm. It says as truth of fiction noted in sharing this, the kid's parents did a great job of raising this kid please run for office someday talking about the kid. I'm not sure what that truth of fiction is. Uh, if you want to see that tweet, which is, it's cute. Uh, the person sharing the tweet was truth or fiction at N E S A R a 33. So I don't know who that is, but, um, I like that one. Uh, let's see. My next tweet is another one that I have been holding on. I've had this one for a, a while now and i, I really me because I have all right hang on kid now mind you i am not a material person <laughs> see i just wear feet
And this button that I have to hit is about the size uh, of a pen dot. So uh, I'm, I apologize for running through that again. I'm trying to get out of that one so I could go to the next one. Anyway, this other one I've had for some time now, and I thought, well, maybe I'll have a night where I'll have that subject. I can uh, use it, but I haven't. So I thought I would throw it in there tonight, and it has nothing to do with the subject that I'll be talking about in a few minutes. Um, but it's another, it's almost, it's almost an attitude. Uh, well, I won't say it's opposite of what I just played because it's about two different things. This is a person's attitude about life and relationships. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, let me play it, and then then I'll talk about it for a second. Uh, let me see if I can get this one not to be in the middle, but I probably can't. She's making a nope. sacrifice and nope. a commitment. <laughs> no, it's. I think Almost. it's automatic that it it for some reason it it's there in the middle. All right, here's this young woman talking about life. This is probably gonna piss off a lot of people. But a relationship between a man and a woman is inherently unequal. And that goes for any relationship where someone is deciding to date their oppressor. Just like all white people have racism brainwashed into them, all males have misogyny brainwashed into them. And any male who claims not to be a misogynist is a misogynist. Because a self-aware man knows that he has it brainwashed into him. And any time that a woman decides to be in a relationship with a man, she's making a sacrifice and a commitment knowing that she's dating her oppressor. Almost all women have sexual trauma and emotional abuse trauma, literally just from society. And she's taking a risk in being with you and making a commitment to help you undo your brainwashing. Now, of course, I'm not saying that people shouldn't date the opposite gender, but a lack of awareness can cause problems. Okay, this was posted on TikTok. This poor, this poor person. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it appears to be a woman. I'm not sure how she identifies herself. She doesn't make that clear. But since the fact that she seems to hate men and all men are misogynist and racist inherently, I mean, why is it? I mean, first of all, I feel sorry for her. I feel sorry for that person that she's lived the kind of life so far, and, and she looks like she couldn't be over 21, 22, maybe 23. I, you know, I'm not a I, – I would never make one of those people at the carnival that guess people's age or weight, you know, uh, especially age. But for her to be that negative this young in her life, what in the hell has she had to go through? But – why is it that when people have these bad experiences in life, they think they want to label everybody, they want to to categorize everybody in that same little bracket. All men are misogynist and racist. How do you at that age come up with that? I mean, what what were you exposed to? Where did you live? You know, what kind of people were you around that you have made that decision in your life? 
And if, if you're a man and, and you don't admit that you're a misogynist, you're that, that means you're a misogynist. It's, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts that, that these young people today are categorizing whole groups of the population by some, it has to be, uh, a, a small amount of relationships that she's had that puts her in that mindset. I mean, it makes me think that, you know, she really hadn't gotten out that much, or if she has, she's been going to the wrong places, but she's been influenced by some very bad people. And again, you know, people are, I know there's people who have bad experiences. There's women and men who have bad experiences in life that may taint their objectivity towards everyone else in society. But, uh, Jeez, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just, it, it's, it's so wrong for people to categorize everybody, you know, everybody in, in a gender, especially as being exactly the same. She's saying all men are misogynist. All men are bad, but yet I'm not telling you shouldn't, you know, date other sexes is what she's saying, but this is what you can look forward to. I just feel sorry for her. I, I don't know what kind of world she's looking for. I don't, I don't honestly think there's anybody that can solve that problem for her. She's going to have to make a decision to associate with different people. If she ever wants to see a different side of humanity, because everybody is not the same. There are racists in the world, but everybody's not a racist. There are criminals in the world, but everybody's not a criminal. But she obviously is um, is uh, not got a lot to look forward to, unless she gets around some people that can give her a new look on life. All right. So uh, for tonight's episode, I'm going to play an audio that I found on Twitter. Uh, another Twitter audio, but this one is a little bit more detailed and it's a little longer. Well, it is longer. And, um, it's actually of an interview by Brett Bayer of, of Fox news. If, if you don't ever watch Fox news, uh, as he talks to ex border patrol chief Rodney Scott, and I came across this one. I first, I saw a little clip on, on the TV news. And then I thought, then I found it. And I want to play it uh, because, you know, we talk about the border a lot and we should be, my God, the people are still coming across the border by the thousands in this, uh, you know, on our Southern border and how in the world, you know, I know people probably get tired of seeing it in the news every day, but you know, I get tired personally of knowing that every day this is happening on our Southern border. Every day, more and more people are pouring in this country that shouldn't be pouring in. And for a lot of reasons, a lot of reasons, it's wrong. It's illegal. And there's no way. And well, uh, and it's going to cost us money that we don't have, you know, uh, our debt keeps rising, you know, Congress wants to borrow, or at least the Democrats want to borrow more money, raise the debt ceiling so they can spend all of this money, this pie in the sky shit that they want to pass. 
and we're adding millions of people because they said that we could possibly approach 2 million by the end of the year, 2 million illegal people coming into this country. That doesn't even count legal immigration into this country or the people that we just let come in from Afghanistan that are not citizens. And I'm not arguing against that. I'm just saying all of this stuff has to add up. So I thought I would play this because this, this, um, this ex border patrol chief Rodney Scott has inside knowledge. He knows what was going on. He, he, he came into that position. Um, I think it was in, well, he says it in the interview, but I think, uh, mid last year or last summer under Donald Trump. And then he's, and he stayed until, um, until August of this year, just about a month ago. So I want to play this in case you haven't seen it. And because I think it's important to hear these points of view, especially from someone who was in a position to know what he was talking about. I know we're, you know, we're becoming more, um, suspicious of all of this stuff that we see in the news on TV. Liberals are suspicious of what they hear on Fox news or any conservative, uh, uh, network or, uh, social media kind of site. And then, uh, conservatives, Republicans are, are suspicious of just about anything they see on CNN, MSNBC, or, uh, of course the mainstream media, ABC, NBC, CBS. But unless this guy is bold face, bold face lying, He's telling you, he's laying it out for you what the conditions were like last year when he became border patrol chief. And, uh, then he saw the disintegration of the system as soon as Joe Biden takes office. And as he says in the interview, he's not really political. He's not making this political. He's just talking about the facts as they used to say on the dra- on the dragnet show, many, many moons ago, which none of you listening to this probably even know what Dragnet is unless you saw the awful remake with uh, Tom Hanks and uh, I think it was Dan Aykroyd. Golly, back maybe in maybe the early 2000s. I'm, I can't even remember. But uh, anyway, uh, golly, what was the guy's name? He, I remember his actor's name was Jack Webb, but he used to say, just the facts, ma'am just the facts. That's all he wanted to hear from people. He didn't want to hear any, uh, sprinkling of their opinion. He just wanted the facts. So I think that's what chief Rodney Scott is doing here. And let me see if, uh, I can, what in the world that was on, <laughs> that was, that was the leftover from TikTok for some reason or other at least it's at the top and I won't have trouble finding it. Um, all right. So here it is. It's the, our, the, uh, session is titled border barrier. And this is ex border patrol chief Rodney Scott being interviewed by Brett Bayer. Well, now, of course, when I click on it, I have to go, I have to move down 
and it's way We up. are going to talk now more about the border situation in depth with the former head of Border Patrol, Rodney Scott. Rodney, thanks for being here. You retired in August of this year. That is correct. Thank you for having me, Brett. Appreciate it. This makes you the highest ranking ex-Biden official to speak out, but you also worked in the Trump administration. That's correct. I started as chief in February of 2020 and then through the transition for the first seven months of the Biden administration. You've been at this for a long time, though. I started in San Diego uh, in May 1992. It's, it's kind of an important part of my career, though. That's when uh, the whole mass migration issue is going on nationally. And then in 1994 is when Operation Gatekeeper got uh, kicked off. Um, and I had a front row seat to that as a young agent. Uh, that was the forming years of my career, if you will. Yeah, so I'm 30 years as a civil servant dealing with border issues primarily. Obviously, you've, you've briefed both parties, but you're not a, a political guy. Correct. I've done my best to stay uh, nonpartisan. I obviously have not hesitated to advocate for border security, um, but I just lay out the facts uh, without without politics. Well, let's talk about the facts and uh, what has changed from the Trump administration border policies to the Biden administrations now. The real thing that's changed is the focus on border security in general and acknowledging that border security is critical to homeland security. Um, and actually trying to control the border. Uh, the messaging ha has changed. I personally participated in some of the transition meetings. Uh, my staff participated in all of the transition meetings. Uh, we made it very clear that if we dropped all of the initiatives that had been put in place over the last several years, uh, that we would get an influx uh, of mass migration that we would not be able to control. The current secretary of my orcas, he was part of DHS before. Uh, he was ran CIS. Uh, he, he clearly understands and knows how to control the border and what needs to take place. So if that's all true, then, then what's the motivation, do you think? That's where you get into the politics. I'm not going to speculate um, on what anyone's motivation is, but I do know that they were briefed. Uh, it was very clear. Uh, there are people involved in this process that have been involved before, and they're choosing not to take simple common, se common sense steps uh, to secure the border. Can you, for the average viewer at home, articulate kind of the difference about what would happen if an illegal immigrant came when you were Border Patrol chief before January 20th, 2021, and what happened after? So with Title 42, and that was a health and human services regulation for COVID, you've, you've got to carve that, that part of it out, if you will. Um, they would be met at the border, immediately fingerprinted, photographed for records checks quickly, and then expelled back to the country they came through. So during that time, uh, the vast majority of people uh, were quickly expelled back to back to Mexico or back to Canada um, or other countries even where, where we had flights taking place to, to quickly get them out of the country and then keep America safe. That was slowly chiseled away. So um, uh, right after the, the administration changed, um, there was uh, some messages that went out, if you will, that we were no longer going to expel uh, anyone under 18, unaccompanied minors. So as soon as uh, there's any vulnerability that, that, we, uh, that we show or any certain class of people that we carve out to be processed under different, uh, different processes that are going to allow them to come into the U.S., that will be exploited. We saw that immediately with the unaccompanied children. A couple of other decisions later, they started expanding out 
uh, uh, vulnerable populations, family groups coming through Mexico uh, that's increasingly were getting released into the U.S. and processed under Title VIII instead of 42. That's families, pregnant women, uh, and suddenly it was expanding beyond anybody under 18. And then that just continued to expand, correct? And what's the result of that? The result of that is the message goes out, and then instead of having a couple of hundred encounters a day, we quickly went up to about 6,000 encounters a day. Uh, a little bit of the misleading messaging in the, in the public today, too, is they think this is just Mexico or South America. Uh, Border Patrol caught, over, uh, caught people from 150 different countries coming through Mexico into the United States this last year before I retired. 150 different countries. Different countries. Coming through the border. Correct. It's basically just think like football. Basically, they fake a play over here and the real play is going to the left. So when we get distracted with 15 to 20,000 Haitians under a bridge, that resulted in several hundred miles of border having no border patrol agents on it at all. That's where the cartels push the narcotics through, the criminal aliens, people that will not give up. We have over 400,000 documented gotaways, people or incidents where people crossed the border and got away this last year, and hundreds of miles of border where we have no idea what took place. That's what mass migration creates. You're talking about the cartels and moving um, all kinds of material, but specifically drugs in, through the border. Uh, so th this look at the shiny thing over here happens every day? It happens every day, and it happens increasingly the more that they can distract, the more that they can overwhelm our resources. So, for example, in Del Rio, the 100% of the Border Patrol agents for a couple of days were focused on that bridge. But we also keep forgetting that's a big, wide border. McAllen is still out of control. Yuma is getting overrun. Biden administration has claimed that the thousands and thousands of illegal immigrants that, that they have released into the country over the last several months are being, quote, tracked and that they have implied that there'll be consequences if they don't show up for their court hearings. Is that true? Again, it's a spin. So I, I can't say that it's not true, but I can say they're not all being tracked. If they- Just by manpower issues. Just by manpower issues. And if every single one of them are, are being tracked currently, then that has to mean 100% of fugitive operations got shut down. And they, if they skip court, I mean, they're not even really allowed to just go after them for that. Correct, that is accurate. And 90% uh, don't, don't ever get deported. How big a national security threat is it, that, that border? I think it's a real, real big issue. So knowing that we have 400,000 documented gotaways, when we have less situational awareness than we've ever had before, what we know about every single one of those is they did not want to meet a law enforcement officer. They were not surrendering. They were not claiming asylum. They were doing everything they could they probably paid extra to be able to go through one of those gaps the cartel controlled. So when you hear Secretary Mayorkas say the border is as secure now as it was before, what do you say? That's just not true. He knows what's going on, and he knows that border is not as secure today as it was on January 19th. Talk about the border wall. What were the, the instructions after the transition of administrations when it came to the wall? So a presidential proclamation came out and uh, it was a 60-day pause that uh, publicly available. Uh, we're supposed to do an in-depth study and then come up with a plan going forward. Uh, so Border Patrol did its part, everything. Um, that was done within about two weeks. Uh, several briefings later, uh, there really had not been any decisions made. It went well beyond the 60 days. Uh, many of those projects today are just still on hold. So we're paying contractors 
uh, for a while, it was almost five million a day between DOD and DHS to not to wall. not build the border wall. There's so wait, wait, wait. five million a day to not build the wall, to not build a wall, even though they have all the stuff they have. There are stacks and stacks of border wall uh, panels. There's hundreds of miles of fiber optic cabling. Uh, there's hundreds of, bo- of cameras that were being installed with that uh, that are just sitting. There's no action being taken. So what do they say when the briefing is, well, this really helps us? If we could just plug this in, if we could just finish this thing, what do they say? We're not building more wall. There's no conversation. There's no, there's no adult dialogue, if you will. It's just, it's just a black and white decision. The administration said we're not doing it, so we're not doing it. That money is just trickling away to those contractors for not doing work each day. What is the Border Patrol morale? It's struggling right now. It really is struggling right now. Um, Obviously, this administration doesn't really support border security. The current leadership within Border Patrol is doing everything they can to keep the guys focused that the mission matters. When you heard President Biden say this. It was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. What'd you think? I was dumbfounded uh, to, to take a word from somebody else. I was, I, it was, I was outraged that all of a sudden due process goes out the window. Border security protects legal immigration. And those guys know it, and that's what they've been doing. And all of a sudden now, Due process applies to everybody else, but not them. And then all of a sudden, our horse patrol doing what they're supposed to do, which is prevent people from illegally entering our home, are now the the villains. So it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. And do you hear that from guys? I've taken quite a few phone calls. It is very frustrating. Uh, The the early retirements are going through the roof uh, within Border Patrol. It It worries me tremendously. We're losing a lot of experience. Rodney, thanks. We're going to have part two of this interview with Rodney Scott about the border, border security tomorrow. Shannon, we'll toss it back to you. Okay. I, if you, if you listen to that whole thing and you paid attention, and I I think that's one of the most informative, um, interviews that I've seen about the border situation. And this is from a man who should know what he's talking about and, and, and appears to be honest about it with no political uh, ax to grind other than his frustration at the Biden administration for doing what they're doing. But let me say a couple of things here. Cause I said, this is going to be a short one. And I've said this before on other episodes. So we're, we're paying people one, number one, not to work, which is, is no, nothing new for, for Democrats. They seem to be, there seems to be this mindset in their head that it's okay to pay people not to work. And in this case, if, if what he's saying, we, we were paying up to $5 million a day, he doesn't say how long that went on and he doesn't say what it's been reduced to now. 
$5 million a day. The materials are sitting down there in the weather and probably will either be stolen or, or uh, deteriorate in some fashion. And because Biden and his group of, gosh, I, I have to watch myself because I want to say these things, because of the idiots, the idiots in government and these Democrats think and it's bullshit that they're saying, you know, that that we don't need a wall. They can do security. Have they done any security down there? Have they installed cameras? But, you know, even with security, that doesn't stop people. You see people creating, you know, uh, 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 committing a crime, but that doesn't run them down. And by the time, some, I mean, you know, talking about hundreds thousands of miles of border here by the time that camera registers and then you get somebody out that way well you know chances of you finding these people are very slim so this bullshit that that biden has let foam out of his mouth ever since he took well even when he was campaigning last year is ridiculous that's not going to stop the problem they don't care about stopping the problem of course i'm pissed off about spending five million dollars paying to a contractor Excuse me. I'm getting worked up here. May have to get that bottle of bourbon over here. Spending $5 million paying somebody for not working because we're obligated to pay them. And people are okay with that. Are we really okay? These are the people that want to spend trillions more dollars. And this is how they allocate money. This is how they uh, exercise contracts. If we have to pay these people, why in the hell can't you just, you know, suck it up, Joe Biden, and say, all right, well, if we got to pay him this money, we got materials here, let's go ahead and at least let this run out until the contract is satisfied. But, oh, no, only in this country, because it's not their freaking money. They didn't earn the money. They're stealing it from us. They're taking it from us when it's supposed to be used for, for the good of the American people, but they've decided it's into their checkbook. They're going to spend it the way they want to. They'd rather pay for textbooks uh, to go into the schools uh, to promote CRT in this, this new, new found, uh, uh, I don't know, history of theirs, how they want it to be taught. They'd rather spend the money on that than they would doing something that would protect the people on the border. So as an American citizen who, if you've paid taxes, if you worked your ass off for a number of years, or even if it's only a year and you're paying money into the federal government and they're allowing $5 million to be paid to somebody not to do a damn thing, sit on their ass. Well, I'm sure the construction companies aren't, <laughs> yeah, hell. I can go work somewhere else. And this is $5 million profit for me. Stupid. It's stupid. These people are running our country and they're stupid. If they're not stupid, they're so deranged in their thought about what is the right thing to do for the American people. that they're willing because of, because Trump started the wall, because Trump uh, 
or he didn't really start the wall, Trump uh, resumed building the wall. But because Trump resumed building the wall, they don't want to be attached to anything that he did. Are they so spiteful? Are they so so small-minded that they're not going to do the right thing for the American people just because Donald Trump was involved with it before? Is that the kind of people that, that, that you've allowed to get into government positions in this country? Is this the people you voted for last November? Really? To spend $5 million. It's like the millions of dollars of, of, of military equipment and stuff that we left in Afghanistan. Oh, well, and then they want to make excuses. Well, uh, you know, this shit's not going to stay together anyway, and they're going to have problems with it. But you spent our money. Whether or not it's worth a crap, you should have gotten it out of Afghanistan. They sure seem to be happy as hell driving around in it, the Taliban does. But they want to explain it away and say, well, it was garbage anyway, and it's going to fall apart and they won't be able to maintain it. Yeah. We'll see in five years if they're still driving around and, and flying around and that stuff that we left in Afghanistan, but these are the people that are controlling the money and they want more money. And there's, and their solution is we need to tax more. Oh, and we need thousands of IRS agents so we can monitor people's bank accounts in this country and see where they're spending money and make sure they're giving us every dime they should be giving us. Yeah. Yeah. That's who a lot of you voted for to put in office because you hated Donald Trump so much. You didn't like the person. And many of you, you know, liberals uh, understandably didn't agree with the policies. But this is what you've got in, in, in government now. People who do not know how to spend money, they only spend it on, on things that, that uh, builds up their power, improves their position in this country, so they can tell us how to live our lives. And they waste money like crazy, but yet they, they, they want more. Seriously. Seriously. And then they're telling it it's for our good. Well, we're going to use it to create jobs. Well, I wonder how many of those 1.6 million illegals coming across will actually be the ones that get hired for some of these jobs that they're talking about. So I think what this, this gentleman just shared with us, it take it to heart. You ought to think about it. I don't care how you feel about you know, immigration in this country. Immigration should have been fixed a long time ago. And maybe there should be a higher number and it should be an easier process. But I still believe that the immigration process should include assimilating these people into the country. They need to learn English. They need to learn how to function in this country without us having to uh, support them and prop them up and make things easier for them. 
if you're going to move somewhere, if I'm going to move to Germany, by God, I'm going to learn how to speak enough German so I can function in their society. Which is probably why I'll never move to another country because <laughs> I struggle with English sometimes. But that's the thing. They're allowing millions of people to come into this country that probably have no intention of ever learning to become Americans. They just want to take the benefits of living in America. Not all of them. So that's why I played that. I, I, I think it's very important. I think that $5 million to pay people not to work, and that's just for a day, he said. No telling how many days that went on, how many millions of dollars went out the window. But these people in power right now are spending money left and right and want to spend more, more than has ever spent, been spent in a lifetime in this country. And they want, they want us to trust them to spend it wisely, like Obama did with Solyndra. Remember Solyndra? Think about that. Every time they talk about, you know, shovel-ready jobs or energy, energy uh, jobs in this country, think about Solyndra because it's important. All right. I'm sorry, I went longer than I expected to. I, I got a little bit more bothered by that particular interview than I thought I would. Um, it's it's just, I, I you know, it boggles my mind that there's so many people that are liberals in this country. Uh, social issues are one thing, but we're we're not really we're not talking about social issues on everything, everything that the liberals are trying to do, everything Biden's trying to do right now has nothing to do with social issues other than control. The more they give you, the more they're going to expect to have their hands in your life, making your decisions for you. And I don't know how a human being can accept that. And tomorrow night, we're going to talk about uh, all of this crap that's going on in the schools and the, and the school board issues and, and uh, Merrick Garland and all of that stuff. Uh, let me see. All right. Um, find my spot. <laughs> anyway, I do appreciate you taking time to listen to or download this episode of Trice Talk Mini Pond tonight. Please. If you like what you heard, be sure to hit that follow button, if you will. I would appreciate it. Dennis Lee would appreciate it as well. And if you were offended or want to comment on anything that you heard or I said tonight, which I guess you would have heard that too, please feel free to email me at tristalk69pts at gmail.com. That's tristalk69pts at gmail.com. I will respond to you. Uh, all right. So for tomorrow night, I invite you to join me. It's Thursday night. And for a while, Thursday night was our only uh, live show of the week. And then we kind of, because of uh, some illness issues, uh, got away from that. And... 
So we haven't had a Thursday night live in, in a few weeks now. I, I actually can't remember how many, um, I will say that Dennis Lee is probably not going to be able to join me tomorrow night. Um, he said there's, you know, a slight chance, but not to look for it. So, um, he will probably not be here with me tomorrow night, but I will have at least one co-host for the show. And it's somebody that's been on before. I'm not going to mention names. You'll just have to tune in tomorrow night and find out or download the episode afterwards and uh, see who was on there. And I'm, I'm working trying to have two. Uh, so you'll you'll have a little bit of, of other people to listen to besides me. Um, so that's pretty much it. Let me move over here. Um, so it, it should be interesting tomorrow night. Uh, there's an awful lot for us to talk about and having one or two other people on with me will help, um, generate different conversations and just my take on things. Right. So hopefully you will get a kick out of that. All right, let me see what I want to throw in here. I think that one's just probably probably just a little bit too to do to do to do. All right, I'll just do this one. And um so until next time. Pay attention everybody. And stay safe, for goodness sake. We were born before the wind Also younger than the sun Yeah, the bonnie boat was one As we sail into the mystic Oh, I can now hear the sailors cry Smell the sea and feel the sky Let your soul and spirit fly into the mystery With that fork horn I will be coming home Yeah, when the fog horn I want to hear I don't have the fear I want to get say so Just like way back in the days of old Suddenly we will fold into the best day.